my calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the oh, 88 give us, miles. Give us like a, a scary intro, like a Halloween scary intro. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Good evening. <laughs> I don't know. It's do it like the Haunted Mansion. You love Disney. Max, do the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. There's no windows and no doors and no way out. Of course, there's always my way. <laughs> 88 miles per hour way. <laughs> or whatever. Does he laugh? Yes. He laughs, right? He's like, ha, 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 ha. He does like a big, like, gulp. He goes like, like he's about to lose his breath. <laughs> like, the way out. And I like the... Oh, anyways, hey, everybody. Welcome to the, another episode of 88 miles per hour podcast. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Sanch, and I am joined by, but now I'm also joined by, and we have a big joined by that becomes a Bermuda <laughs> Triangle of sorts. Please introduce yourself. Um, I guess the arrow looks like it's pointing to me, so good evening. I am Renata, Sanchez's lovely co-host on the 88 Miles Per Hour podcast, and the person who I'm pointing to right now hopefully knows who I'm pointing at. You are, sir? I am Max, and I'm just a dude on the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, welcome everybody to another exciting episode, our frightful-filled episode, no, fright-filled ep- no. I don't know. It's our episode of, of sorts of scary news. So, yes, welcome, everybody. This is our our exciting episode. Uh, our Okay, I know when you guys uh, download this episode, it's going to say, most likely when it's uploaded, I don't know, November 5th or 6th or something, and be like, how can this be the Halloween episode? Well, check it out. It, it, it is possible because... Whenever you, right now, if you go to the stores, what do you see? A bunch of Christmas stuff. It ain't even Christmas. Well, you know what? It ain't even Halloween anymore, but I don't care. So for us, it's still Halloween. So here's Screw our- you technical nerds. Yes. We are going to do things differently. Yeah, so it's our it's our fun-filled Halloween episode. Um, so before all of that, uh, oh, you know what? I don't, I was about to like do our normalness where we're shot, but it's been so long, I don't have any shout-outs, so... Just, I guess a shout-out goes out to all you fans for uh, tuning in. 
So yeah. I feel so awkward being back here, man. Like no, no, I feel no. Like, you sound fine. You can sit. I know, you, but like I'm, I'm used to like being like all close. And I like I don't know what to do with myself. Like I'm like. Well, just sit close. It's okay. Don't worry about it. No, 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 no. I want to make everything perfect, but like I don't know whether to shrug the shoulders. I don't know whether to lean like this, <laughs> because I see myself and I look and I'm looking at myself right now, ladies and gentlemen, and I look awkward. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, but the fans don't care. Like they can't see you. No, but I am. I'm talking about myself. Like when you're looking at yourself, usually like are very fidgety. Meaning me. Like I don't know. Don't you feel that way too? Like when you look at yourself in a mirror or something, you always end up being very fidgety, fixing your hair, fixing your clothes, and then there's a point where you cannot stop. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, Sanch always looks in the mirror trying to fix his hair. Yeah, all the time. exactly. <laughs> all the time, I'm like, man, what's wrong with this? I can't get it straight. Though. Oh, I missed the spot. <laughs> when, when I did have hair, I did do that though. I would stare in the in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm trying to fix it. All right, everybody, this is a, a huge episode, uh, a collaboration of sorts. Uh, no, seriously, though, we we have joined in um, the somebody, uh, previously last episode, I mean, I know we didn't really even do Halloween episodes, but in the very last episode, we had a little introduction about what was going on with the future of 88 Miles Per Hour podcast. Um, we had talked about that Renata, she's... Um, She's being responsible and focusing on school, so it makes her very. Uh, it makes it hard for us to record any episodes and so on and so forth. So we felt, all right, well, we want the show to live on to keep going on, and I was just like, all right, well, what what can we do? So at that point, I figured there was you know a time where all three of us have actually been on a show together, and it meshed well. And this and then I had a friend who really loved. 80s horror like you know and we'll get into that right now but i was like you know what i know i was supposed to do something with someone let mama let's see if he's willing to start another project up and kind of go into that world instead so at that point i talked to my friend who were he's he's uh, uh, of course he's gonna introduce himself again and oh, wait did you even <laughs> introduce yourself the first time the yeah. guy who's on the pod <laughs> well that's why i'm, I'm leaving it uh, like because then it's gonna build up to that so Today, we have that person who's going to be sitting in and taking over the second half of, like, so it's going to be the the moment once Renata is completely disappeared and she's gone into her school, going to, I don't remember where she was going, to Temple. You uh, make it Temple but, University. Yeah. You make it sound like she's dying. Yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah, th- th- doesn't make it sound like it's a eulogy, like, you know, a pre, like, you know, obituary type of well, thing? Well, it is. It's because, look, what what we're, we're finding out is Renana wants to be a stage actor, and her father is just ha- is just disappointed in her wanting to be a stage actor. And she's, like, she she was great. Uh, she she did a, pay, a play the other day, and she was awesome, but her father just wasn't wasn't uh, proud of her, you know, her acting and say, you're going to stop this right now. You know, and and, it, and it's really because her her teacher who um, has been pushing her and guiding her, um, you know, and he also had this old secret society thing he used to do with friends where they would read poetry and all that. It was pretty awesome, but um, totally mentioned on movies right now. <laughs> um, no, but like seriously. like Max seeing me right now. Like I had, I was like going like, what the hell is he talking <laughs> I, about? I, I, I was doing like the poet society, and pretty soon Renat is gonna have a gun to her. Bah! Right, because he, he well, well, I don't know how he shoots himself, but he kills himself for some reason. I still don't get why, though. It was so stupid. Like, why would he? It I was mean, pretty Max, stupid. Max, you've seen Dead Poets Society, right? 
Yeah, I, I saw it a long time ago. I don't really remember it much. Well, all I know is that there's a kid who wants to be a drama actor. His dad's like, no, you're not going to do it. You know, Red Foreman won't let him. And right. he ends up killing himself. And then everyone's all sad. But I was like, why? Just because he couldn't go and do poetry? Like, he should have been like, you know what? All right, Dad, I'll do what you want me to do for now. And then, boom. Once he graduates and has his own career, just go off and do what he wants, you know? Well, parents are still like that nowadays. you got to figure this out. Kids want, no, adults want the best for their kids. And, you know, for a parent to be really chilled about a kid just wanting to do acting, because if you think about it, if you're going to go to school and you're going to do acting or if you're going to do filming, that's pretty much saying that I'm going to try to find this needle in this haystack in a year or like just you know somehow a close amount of time to make it possible like it honestly like it's just saying that like you're gonna be searching your whole life to make money and do this like they they just want you to be successful but it's not how it's supposed to be you're supposed to do what you want you know and and be happy with it and your parents supposed to be happy but they're more looking out for your financial situation that's the only reason why. A lot, time, like, a lot of times it's their pride because they're like, no son of mine is going to be a such and such. You're going to be a doctor and that's it. You know, they want them to succeed so that their friends, they could look like, oh, yes, and my son, he's a doctor, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so on. Well, my dad, well, my parents were like, Renata, do your schooling first and then do acting afterwards because I love acting. I would love to be on Broadway. I'm itching to be in plays, but I have no time and money for headshots and just stuff like that because I got school going on. So I'm going to play it safe, going to do what I got to do, and then do a hobby or do something that I love and hopefully see it, where my life goes. It would take like a, a like a poster-sized photo paper just to fit your big head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kidding. really? Do I have a big head? Yeah. Well, you know what? But, I mean, just to jump back... To get to back to the point is that we have that person who's going to be filling that the the role, and his name is Senor Max, and he's here. And introduce yourselves and give us your to the audience. They're going to be like, "All right, Max, like what's going on?" So fill us in with everything about you know just the '80s world for you, and so on and so forth. Where where you're especially like the most like what. You know, Renata, a lot of it was like 80s film, you know, stuff like that. When I gave my introduction of 80s, a lot of it, I was talking about like the music. I love the music. Though I love 80s movies, I'm on music. I love the music, and that's why I do that little music segment. So what about you, Max? Um, where, did, you know, introduce yourself to our audience. Here you go. Well, I think it's really ironic that um, you asked me to, to be a part because myself, like Renata, was not born in the 80s. <laughs> Max, how old are you? I'm 24. I was born in 1990, so I just I just missed it, you know. Oh, you just glimpsed. Oh, great! Another 90s baby. So Yay. a couple months. So uh, yeah, that just shows you know that Sanch only has younger friends, I guess. I, don't know. <laughs> I honestly do. A lot of my friends are are, are younger than me. But uh, what says more about you than anything? But anyways, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I I love I love the 80s. Um, yeah, of course the music is uh, iconic, but I think. One of, like, I guess, like, my gateway to the 80s was uh, obviously, like, the Michael Jackson music. And uh, I was probably, like, three or four. And my dad, um, I mean, he's got, like, uh, over 2,000 records, you know, still on vinyl. Wow. Uh, I'm not exaggerating either. Like, he, it, he's like, I don't have much, but what I do have is vinyls. So he's like, 
He's like, I can't give you a house when I die. I can't give you a bunch of property or, or my car, but I can give you is my vinyls. And I'm like, awesome, you know? Like, yeah, like, yeah, cause I'm, <laughs> I'm the same way. My father has a ton of vinyls in his back basement. And last year for Christmas, I was like, Dad, I want a record player. He's like, what? I was like, I want a record player. I want your records. And he was like, okay. Mostly everything. I mean, don't get me wrong. My dad has a lot of 80s stuff, but it's a lot of genres and stuff. But I know where you're getting from. Like, see, like, you're an old soul. Like, you know, you were, like, head over heels for those records, and so was I. So I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that's great. Like, you know, I would be in love with all your dad's records. Yeah, records. no, it was it was awesome. Like, I, I still remember, like, um, memories of Michael Jackson. Like, well, this is 90s, but, like, playing Bad. And then, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm running around in the living room in my chonies and, uh, you know, just getting down to Michael Jackson. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my so, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's super cool because, like, my dad's collection, um, it just, like, boomed during maybe the late 80s, early 90s when everybody was getting rid of their, their uh, records and getting CDs and stuff. My dad just stocked up, and he was getting, like, um, albums that are probably like 60, 70 bucks now for like a dollar, two dollars. So oh, absolutely. He, yeah. yeah. So he was, he was like one of the few people that actually kept, you know, records. And I remember like as a kid, my dad, like people would come to our house and like, you still have records? And my dad's like, yeah, like, yeah, but he took it like religiously. He had like five, uh, $500 needle and like custom made speakers. So like, I just kind of grew up listening to like the cure and like a lot of uh, David Bowie, like that was like his guy, David Bowie, um, and he also like a lot of uh, '60s and '70s rock, but um, oh, yeah. I, the '80s. But um, and then kind of like uh, I guess movies goes one, like one of my favorite uh, movies in general that was in the '80s was The Goonies, and I know you guys yeah. did that already, but that like I saw it as a, as like at that age, like that 11, 12, yeah. and it was just like it was awesome, and. Um, I love that movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then Sanch, he uh, mentioned it earlier, but, um, like, the horror genre, it just, like, totally marked me because unlike any other type of movies, like, horror sticks with you. You remember those images. You remember the feeling that you experience. Like, it's kind of crazy how, how the brain works. Like, you almost remember when you were scared more than when you were happy. Um, that, like, marks you. So uh, a lot of terrifying images from, like, um, the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, um, that one sticks out. Uh, and then, like you know, the remake of the Blob and all this stuff. Like it's just, I feel like '80s was like the prime for special phys- uh, physical special effects. And um, there's just like a certain feel to an '80s movie, and you just you can't help but fall in love with it. So, oh yeah, like I like to make it like connect a little bit with records and like just memorizing more horror films like like you know just memorizing things and stuff like that it's kind of like having a broken record in your mind and just playing over and over and over and over again like because oh my god when i was when i was younger too i was a big horror film 80s horror flick person like i just i would watch you know what did we do last week we did nightmare on elm street michael myers um like halloween night uh thir- Friday the 13th. I'm just, like, naming things that are just popping in my head. But all those horror 80s slasher films, like, you just... It, it just haunts you as a young kid. It's probably, like, one of the first real scariest things I think you'll ever see. I mean, like, besides, like, your closet and monsters. Like, you get over that fear. Because, I don't know. 
but I feel you with that. It's amazing. That's fun. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Max's uh, introduction of where the 80s uh, world like. Dang, dude, I would love to see that. Um, I bet you would be popular, like, when it came to, like, the community of, like, vinyl people. Because, like, like vinyl is huge now. It's so huge, and Ariad is buying it. But with your dad, he has original vinyls. You know, even though he's probably still going out and buying some now, all his vinyl, it's like, if I got, you know you know michael jackson's thriller it's like no it's still the one i bought back in the 80s you know right. like it's not like we're someone that has it now they it just right. got a remaster it's a, it's, it's a reissue yeah i yeah. know he actually has like two original issues still in the plastic unopened thrillers like are you serious that's wow. like his his i don't even know i don't know how much it's worth but it's worth some money well I mean, it is because yeah. after michael jackson died all his stuff went up in sale like oh, yeah in sale and, and price especially vinyls if you had original vinyls in, in in condition like dude you could have had a house you could have been like here here's an unopened thriller go sell it you would have had a house <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but there's there's no way i mean he hasn't sold one album like he just won't it's like part of him it's like he's, a, tr- he's a true collector oh yeah because collectors i mean i don't feel like when something means so much to you like my dad collects toys i don't know if you've heard prior episodes but my dad's a big, old-fashioned, 60s, 70s, even, like, 50s, like, toy collector. And he's a big fan of the Lone Ranger and all, like, the old Western movie series. And he has little figurines, and he has this toy set, this Lone Ranger toy set, and it's the town still wrapped up in perfect condition. And it's from the, it's from the late 1950s, early 60s. And it's just amazing how everything is still intact and you can get, like, so much money for it. But he just keeps it. And, I mean, and with the vinyls, like, I have, a, a like, a used record vinyl store right around the corner from me. So I can get a Beatles album in almost perfect condition for 3 to $7. That's cool. That's and, definitely not in L.A. <laughs> I mean, maybe you guys should come to Philly. I mean, there's, like, a vinyl shop, a thrift shop, like, on every corner. Because our South Philadelphia, where I'm from, it, it's mostly a lot of hipsters. And the hipsters is what's bringing all those thrift shops, like, used clothing stores and vinyls and even uh, v, uh, VHS tapes. Like, I still have my VCR. And I still love putting in a VCR tape and seeing all the trailers and, like, you know, like, and you, and you just, and it's funny because you watch a certain time, you know what trailer is going to come up. And, like, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And, like, you know, it brings back so many memories. And that's what I love about old-fashioned things. For nostalgia reasons is um, the, the VHS is cool for nostalgia reasons, but unlike a vinyl where the quality yeah. is awesome... VHS is pretty it's terrible, you know. It, it, but I mean, like, I don't know. There's just like even my friends can agree. There's something about VHS tapes. I guess when you're like, I don't know, a '90s kid. I don't know. I'll, I'll put it this way: like, I um, I I watched ET and I had it on VHS, and that was the only way I saw it. And then I saw it on Blu-ray, oh. and I was like, "What the crap?" It was like a whole different movie. <laughs> you, know? you watch the movie. And I was like, wait, E.T.'s that color? I thought he was, like, blue, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. We'll I agree. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's the one thing. Like, And it's and, and I, I've – and they, they actually say that vinyl, the quality of vinyl 
Way better. Yeah, sounds better than an actual like CD MP3. Like they say, it's it's better than than that. Like you know, it's like and all it all depends on your like uh, equipment too. Like, yeah, that's see, that's yeah. the thing. You know? my, my dad has like a five hundred dollar needle. Yeah, you know? see, that's to like, me that was like when you said that I was like what that exists. Like I figured like yeah, there's are maybe ex- more, but like just the needle itself, five hundred dollars. Like wow. No, it's it's serious, and I think you know. My my wife's not too happy about it, but like I think I inherited that collector bug because like uh, uh, I collect like old uh, you know vintage video games and I'm, I collect comic books and stuff. And my wife, I mean my wife likes it to a certain extent, but she's like, you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna hit the ceiling literally with all the comics and, and video games that I have. So we're running out of room. But Aww. I just blame I just blame my dad. See, <laughs> and there there you go. Ladies it was my gentlemen. dad's fault, hon. Yeah. Like you can't blame me for having this. You married? Don't complain. You married me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's you like, inherited you, this. That's what yeah. I said. When you, you married me, you married my games. <laughs> this, this treasure is part of yours. There Don't you complain. go. <laughs> and there you have it. See, ladies and gentlemen, also, too, we got the video game side of the 80s because a lot of the games he has is a, a lot of, like, nin- old Nintendo games and everything. So, so awesome. So, we got all that going. All right. So, let's do this. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of... Uh, uh, of our film, but before we get into the actual film, uh, I want uh, here. Here's my thing when it comes to '80s uh, horror films or just horror films in general. Because growing up, especially in high school, uh, everybody always assumed I, I loved horror movies because I was all dressed in black. I, I everyone called me. They called me goth. Like I wasn't goth. I didn't uh, see myself goth as goth. But they would, they, people would call me that, you know, because I always like just, I just like wearing black. I like wearing dark colors. I like bands, rock bands and stuff like that. But the thing was, it's like, I never really liked horror movies. Uh, I was never a fan of it, especially back when I was a kid. Um, horror films, like, they honestly scared the hell out of me. And see, this is one thing I, that, that I, that it's, kids today won't have this as what we had, because Mom and pop video stores are gone. Like, they don't exist anymore. And when I was a kid, like a little kid, you know, back in East L.A. in, like, 84, walking through an, a, a video aisle and then going through the horror section was terrifying for oh, me. Yeah. It scared. I hated when I would, like, get stuck and, like, I was, like, I couldn't. I always felt like they would hop out of the box and get me, you know. And, <laughs> and, and, and I was always afraid. Like, I was truly afraid. I was never a kid that liked horror. Like, like, we did Nightmare on Elm Street, and that, you know, terrified me as a kid. Certain movies scared me as a kid. Child's Play scared me as a kid. So, I never really came across horror movies growing up because I stayed away from it. And then also, too, back when I... I mean, this was already past the the 80s, though um, the movie was from the 80s. There was a film that, that scared the hell out of me back in fifth grade, and it was The Return of the Living Dead Part 2. That movie scared the crap out of me. Like, and that is where my fear of zombies developed. It wasn't until sophomore year. Uh, sophomore year is when I came across a movie, um, and it was a zombie movie. And we were with my friends. We were out. We, you know, we we were out gonna go rent a movie. It was a Friday night, like usual. We're like either we would go to the movies or we'd go rent a movie and go back to my friend's house and watch it. And and um what you call it we we went to this video store it's called budget video and we used to call it low budget video and we were there and we're like what should we watch what should we watch and we came across this one guy who 
if I remember correctly, I, I think his name was Emilio. I, I can't remember, but this Emilio. Guy, <laughs> this guy, he he, he was like he was like Rob Zombie. You know, with Rob Zombie, you could ask him like movies, and he knows everything about all horror movies when they would release and all this and that. Um, and, and that's how this guy was. Like you could ask him, uh, freaking. Anything, any, 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 anything about uh, movies of like horror movies, and he knew it. He knew what was up. He knew uh, all about everything, and he was like always, like, "Hey, what should we watch? What should we watch?" And then he's like, like someone grabs the movie, and he's like, "Oh, look!" And someone had seen it previously. He's like, "We should watch this." And then the guy, like the guys, like call oh, that one. That one is like it's considered like a classic within like the 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 zombie genre and everything and i was like i heard zombies and i freaked the hell out i'm like i don't want to see it and i remember i kept telling my friends because they knew i had my fear of zombies at that point i'm like i don't want to see it i don't want to see it and they're like and, and then this guy he goes up to me like dude don't worry about it it's not scary like you're like and he kind of tries to explain it but i was still scared i was terrified we ended up going Aww. to this one place it's like you know you probably have this renata and max you probably have this too you know like it's your little, like, you know, uh, Peach Pit, you know, the the Max. It's one of those type of places where you go and get food. And it's right. just, like, it's not it's not like a McDonald's or a Jack in Box. It's more of, like, a hole in the wall. But the food was good. We had one of those called Snappies. And we would go. We got some, like, chili cheese fries and stuff. And I was still, the whole yeah. time, I'm scared because we're going to this guy's house. And we're all going to watch this horror movie. And so you haven't even watched it. You're already scared. I Seriously, I'm terrified. <laughs> he because, freaked the hell out. He was like, no, I, I'm, I'm no. telling you because, look, my, I, had, I had a ruling. Like, because, Max, you don't even really know my fear of zombies, right? I've never told you, huh? A little bit, but. Yeah, I, and, and see, that's the thing. Because, like, in fifth grade, I had, I mean, when I was a kid, I had a rule. Because this is, like, true to me. If if there was monsters in a movie, but if they were kids, then it was okay to watch for me. Like, if there's a scary movie, but there's a kid in it, chances are it's not going to be fully scary for me, and I can watch it. That's how I got around, like, watching Child's Play, because it really, like, it's, okay, there's a kid in it still. There's, you know, they're not going to go too crazy. I know that, that's what about. I don't get. Like, if when I was a kid, I was like, if there's a kid in there, it makes it more scary. Because, <laughs> like, kids are, you know, usually untouchable. But, like, the fact that there's a, a doll running at a kid, I'm like, dude, I, I'm going to get it. He's going to get it. <laughs> no, 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 but, no, but you know what? I kind of, I'm going along with Sanch because when I started liking horror films, it all started out with there has to be a kid in it. For some reason, that was my logic of thinking, too. Like, I started off with Child's Play. I started off um, with, with, just, with uh, anything that had to deal with children involved. And, um... Surprisingly, I watched The Leprechaun. Like, I didn't think that was scary. Yeah, I didn't think that was scary. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was just weird. Like, how for some reason, like, we think, oh, if kids are not, if kids are in it, then it's not going to be that scary. Like, they're not going to kill kids. Well, that's why, that's why I got into Monster Squad. Because I knew, like, I remember seeing the box when I was a kid, when it was in the video store. And I was like, I saw it, it said Monster Squad. But there was kids there. And I'm like, oh, kids fighting monsters. I watched it, and I was like, this movie's not scary. And that's where it was my first rule was like, okay, kids in movie, they're not going to kill kids. So I'm going to watch this. Like, oh, okay. You know, I saw Cujo, and yeah, the little kid was scared, but it was a dog. And then at the end, the kid lives anyway. So I'm like, okay, these movies aren't that scary. Like, whenever there was a kid, I felt they had that levity. Like, all right, cool. They're not going to go too far. And and then... um. Yeah, I saw that, the Return of the Walking Dead, and, you know, I was like, oh, there's a kid's in it. But then 
two of the kids <laughs> become zombies. Yeah. And it's scary. I was like, whoa. And then I saw zombies, like, eating people alive and stuff and that. Terrifying. Did you cover your eyes? Like, did or did you cover no, I didn't your even, eyes with I your just, knees? I didn't like, did even, you do something like... I didn't finish watching it. I, I didn't finish watching it. You left? It. No, I, I was at home. I stayed home from school that day. I was sick. So my mom let me stay home. And it was, like, the the, the <laughs> afternoon movie. The afternoon movie on some ra- random channel. Like, channel 13 at the time or whatever. And it's like, you know, afternoon movie. Return of the living. And I was like, oh. And then I saw a kid. I'm like, okay, that's my rule. Kids in the movie. I'm going to watch it. And yeah, like maybe like 15, no, like 20 minutes in is when like I was like, well, and I never finished watching it. And and yeah, from that point forward, I could I oh, could never no. sleep at night because every time I was afraid that the zombies were coming every single night from the point of fifth grade to my sophomore year, I was definitely terrified of zombies like no lie like i hated zombies i hated i ever saw that movie like if i ever went to sleepovers at my friend's house like there was one sleepover we had where we slept outside all i i never slept that night because all i pictured was the zombies i'm like they could easily get us anywhere we went I, I i saw my plan of how i could try to escape where to go it didn't matter for for every day from fifth grade to 12 my sophomore year I, I had a zombie plan. There's no way of, oh, I got to get weapons. I just knew, like, wherever I'm at, I got to figure out where the exits are, where I can go, if I need to climb, hide. Yeah, there, but there's a rule, though. Like, you know, like, there's a there's a kid rule. Or, and I actually stick by it till this day. Number one. That's I'm, not true, though. I'm That's... scared of, no, I'm scared of the dark. You know what I do every night? I have two pillows on either side of my bed. <laughs> The covers are piled on top of me. And I actually have extra pillows. And extra pillows are to put in front. So that way, like, you know, I feel safe. And I, I feel... And, and in case someone does come in, you can't move. No, <laughs> like, they don't get you. They, like, they block... Like, they I know block what you it. mean. I know what you mean, Renata. It's kind of like this logic in our heads. To this day, we all still do this stupid logic. <laughs> and you're laying in bed, right? And you're like, you're, you feel safe. You're all that. But if your hand hangs over the bed yes if you hang hands yeah, over you feel like you're vulnerable to the boogeyman or monsters under your bed as long as you keep your arm and leg inside the bed they can never get you and i get that logic right sixth grade is what didn't make that logic help <laughs> like that logic didn't exist in me because there used to be this show on fox 11 called sightings and 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 it was like there was this one episode where they started talking about the end of the world and they they talked about that they, they mention how, like, it is going to happen because, it, and then they point out that in the Bible, there's a verse that, you know, the trumpets would sound and the dead would rise from the grave. When I, when they said that and they said the Bible to me as a kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's in the Bible. I, I remember, uh, running freaking to, to my parents' room. No one was in there, but I remember, like, I was so scared and I was like, praying praying to God, like, please, I don't want to die. Don't let the world in, the zombies, <laughs> this and that. And, Right there, from yeah. that point forward, no no kid logic of, like, as long as I hide under the covers or if I'm laying in bed with my parents, I'll feel safe or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That logic disappeared because I truly believed that, hey, if it, it says it in the Bible, so that it, it's going to happen. It's it, They're real. It says it in the Bible. It's real. And it scared the hell out of me. So that's why that logic didn't exist. Like, there was nothing. And, and I felt safer during the day than at night and it sucked because once my little brother like like i would force him to stay awake with me because like so we would watch movies we, every night we would watch all these movies like wizard of oz uh rock a doodle you know like 
Uh, Carlos? Yeah, any movies we had, and I remember... Little Iron, brother, wake up, we need to stay up. Iron Giant. No, I wouldn't let him sleep. Sometimes he would be sleeping, I'm like, come on, let's go to the living room and watch a movie. And I felt bad, but it's like, I felt if someone else was awake, it kept me safe. So, going back to that night, um, we're watching the, like, we're, we're getting ready to watch the movie, and I'm terrified, and... And the movie starts, and this and that. And, and the movie, what it was, was, um, it, well, the actual name is called Nightmare City, but the, the version that was brought to the U.S. was called City of the Walking Dead. And this movie was released in 1980. Um, if you can find, I mean, the, we saw a VHS copy called City of the Walking Dead. That's the real way, the way we watched it. Don't watch Nightmare City. I'll get into that right now. Watch the movie, and this zombie movie... <gasps> was so ridiculous and funny like just i mean not intentionally funny it took away that fear of zombies at that point i started like enjoying certain movies like that's when my friend introduced me to the evil dead series i got all into the evil dead series i started enjoying stuff so that's where i kind of like now my love for zombies kicked in so my fear still existed because i still had a fear like a little bit but now my my love and i started slowly like being introduced like it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you should check out this movie and this movie. But I'm so behind. I don't have that extensive knowledge. I'm that typical guy, like, um, uh, like freaking, like, if you've ever seen, well, I mean, I used that reference last time. But I'm that guy, like, when you tell someone, like, hey, what are you into? And they, they give you the obvious, like, you know, stuff they like. I'm that guy. I'm the guy who's into, like, or I've seen, like, yeah, I like, you know, Halloween, Nightmare, you know, on the street, Jason. I know the obvious, but, like, a lot of the more the rare 80s, you know, horror stuff, I don't know. But that's where my, my stance is, like, 80s horror. I don't I don't know a lot of it because I, I, I stayed away from it intentionally. So I don't know a lot. Max, where did your love of horror kick in of 80s? Well, I want to I wanna, uh, first say the reason the reason why I don't believe in the kid theory is because i'm gonna send you guys a picture right now um this is from the 1931 frankenstein and i forgot yeah it's what it's i mean you're talking about like one of the first you know horror movies and it's such an odd scene because like you see the monster and he's trying to relate to humans and you see this little girl and he's like picking flowers and then he just picks her up and throws her in the freaking lake and she like drowns and dies and, like, and i just remember being like 13 and 14 just cracking up because it's just like so out of the blue and just it, it it's kind of comical now but i was like once i saw that i was like dude anybody's game even a little girl who's picking flowers well wasn't, <laughs> wasn't there controversy behind that scene though Oh, right? absolutely. Wasn't, there, absolutely. wasn't it edited down or something? I can't remember. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, it was definitely controversial. And, um, I mean, the, the whole, I mean, we're talking about, like, one of the first movies, you know, one of the first sound movies. And, uh, I mean, that was terrifying for them, just to see the atmosphere and all that. But, yeah, it, it was controversial to kill a kid. I mean, it always is. And, uh, you know, for any director who puts that in the movie, they got balls, man. But anyways, teenagers. Uh, yeah, no, forget Teenage, teenagers. Teenagers can get killed. They deserve it. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, yo, like, my love of horror movies in the 80s specifically, um, I don't know, I just remember being, like, in junior high and really kind of exploring kind of horror movies because kind of like you, Sanch, I remember going through um, the video store my my guy wasn't Emilio. He was some Korean dude. Um, I don't know. 
But uh, he, I just remember because it was like the kids' sections were on the left, and then in the corner, on um, right across, like from the kids' section, was all the horror. And I was like, you know, it was a kind of a small, like, um, spot. And uh, I would just go over there and look just to see the the cover arts. And I think like you know the DVDs now they don't have that awesome cover arts because yeah. you know back back then their cover arts were selling the movie. There yeah. Were, there oh yeah. It was, was gory. No, it was they were oh, yeah. very gor- gory. A lot of them were gory, or it would show like an axe in someone's head or the heads on the table, like eh, right. you know. Like I remember to this day seeing Dead Alive. The it's it's uh, the one where there's like a girl and she's opening her mouth and there's like a skull and it was like terrifying. And I actually didn't see that movie till I was uh, an an adult. But uh, yeah, I just I loved. Uh, <laughs> I just lo- I I loved it. I loved being scared. I remember being. And I talked about this on the the Brothers Bear podcast. I'd go to um, my friend's house and we would just watch horror movies. And it was kind of just a thing we did. And um, I was the one who got scared the most. And um, to this day, I'm terrified of my um, friend's house because it's like the Spanish-styled house. It's big. Uh, it's really cold because everything's stone. Yeah. Um, it's not very lit well. It, it's, just, <laughs> it's gothic. It's very gothic looking. Oh, wow. All the all the lights are um, iron, and it's, yeah. just, it's got this eerie feel. There's this basement to like this day. I don't even think I've gone in there because it like it's just a steel staircase that just goes round and round. That's like out of a horror movie right there, dude. <laughs> no, it's not- and no, like, want, uh, I'll tell you something afterwards. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, like, I have all these, like, horrific um, memories, and I would, like, go to the bathroom, and then my friends would just be gone, you know? And they would make, <laughs> like, noises, and, like, I'm like, stop it. Stop it, guys. Uh-huh. I just remember being, like, Aww. 14. I remember being 14, and um, it, it was at my friend David's house, and he had a um, good guy doll. Right. And we just watched like a marathon of Chucky. So I was like freaked out. And then he was on the bottom bunk and I was on the top bunk and he took the good guy doll and like made it like slowly rise over to the top and put his hands on me. <laughs> I'm like, Quit it, dude. Stop. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to tell your older brother, you know, like I'm 14. You know, I, I should have just like socked him in his face. But like I went to his older brother who's like 16 and like hated me. And I was like, can you, can you tell David to stop? I was like, what are you talking about, man? And, like, it was just such, like, it was such a humiliating experience. Because I did, like, my friend make fun of me, but I, I looked stupid to his older brother, who we thought was, like, super. <laughs> See, now, if this was a movie, then that kid would get, like, killed first thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, like stupid, stupid, my, stupid, my friend is scared. And then, like, you know, the lights like are, ha ha, yeah, all right, we, we get it, you're trying to get back. And then, like, it's really someone, like, there, like, just killing the shit out of him. <laughs> no, but I, when you talked about houses, like, okay, my boyfriend's house, he, he like, lives in a set of apartments, like, like it's, a, it's, it, I live in a row home in Philadelphia, and they're, like, all together, it's kind of like what you see in Manhattan, like, all the houses are stuck together, so, when you look, his house is right next to a park, so if you look and if you're inside the park and you look and you can actually see the house and it goes all the way to the next street because it's a whole a bunch of apartment buildings and his family lives in each apartment. Like his aunt lives in one apartment. His grandma lives on the bottom. So it still needs some fixing up. And I said, Joe, I said, which is my boyfriend's name. I said, 
what was this house? I said, like, who lived here? He's like, oh, it used to be an abandoned hospital back in the day. Get that. Yeah, so (laughs) you just see a long hallway, and then, like, you know, and the lights are always off. Like, Like, it's so eerie at night. Like, when you walk in the hallway and you have to go up to the second like apartment building like the the floor is creaky there's cats like just passing by you because he has like like two to three cats and i shouldn't say this about his grandmother like i love his grandmother so much <laughs> you can get in trouble though you can get in trouble <laughs> like no, no 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 i don't mean like this but she's in a wheelchair and she's in one of those old-fashioned wheelchairs so at night when it's like stormy out and you just see her oh my god i, I was so scared one time we were watching a horror movie I said, Joe, I said, I'm going to go get a drink. He said, okay. So I step outside in the hallway, and it's pouring raining out. Like, I'm not even kidding you. And the lights are off, and you have to go up to the second apartment just to get a drink. So you see, like, the cat, like, staring at me, like, on the on the stairs. And, like, just staring. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, Rocky. Because that's, like, the cat's name. And then all of a sudden like i get the drink and i come back and then swooping around the corner is his grandmother and the lights are off and i'm like <gasps> like i did like this huge gas and then she's like it's like what's the matter and i was like nothing nothing like i, I said i'm fine and she was like she's like, were you scared and i said like, i'm sorry did i creep up on you i'm like yeah a little m and then i just like went in the the apartment the downstairs apartment that's where like we all hang out at and then I was, and he's like, are you all right? He's like, I heard you gasp. And I was like, dude, I was like, your house is unbelievably freaky. He's like, oh, well, you should sleep over at night because it's really creepy. The door opens up randomly <laughs> at a certain time of night. And I said, why? He's like, oh, yeah, and people died in here, not just so you knew. And I was like, great. What's funny is, like, instead you, like, threw the water in her face. That's <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Look, it says right here, like, the scene in which the monster throws the little girl into the lake and accidentally drowns her as has long been controversy. Upon its original 1931 release, the second part of the scene was cut by state censorship boards in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania. Ah, it's all your fault, Renata. And New mm-hmm. York. Oh, and New York. Okay. Um, and, then I, and then afterwards, um, I was reading something else, but it also, it, the, the gist of it right here... Uh, that during the shot of Maria being thrown into the lake was re- rediscovered during the 1980s in a collection of the British National Film Archive, uh, and then a lot of the copies from then they put it back in. But yeah, um, it was uh, it was taken out originally and then just uh, thrown back in. Huh? Get it yeah. thrown back in. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the controversy because they felt like it was like oh you know because that's the thing like. In, in horror movies, I've always said this about, like, even ho- the hardest of hardest bands, everybody has a ballad. And one of my friends who, in in the 90s, he's the guy that introduced me to a lot of, like, movies, horror movies, especially, like, the Evil Dead series. He's the guy that introduced me to that. He loved, like, death metal and, like, all about gu- anything guitar music, like, because he played guitar. And I remember I told him, I'm like, you know what? Everybody has a ballad. And he, I remember he told me once, he was like, yeah, you're right. And just, like... When it came to horror movies and stuff, uh, it almost became like, you know, it was very, like, like no one killed kids in movies. It was very rare where, like, a monster would kill a kid or this and that. Though, there are exceptions to the rules where, you know, Spielberg was a ballsy guy and freaking flat out just showed, you know, a kid out swimming. Next thing you know, boom, shark kills him and eats him, you know. So, that, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Blob, the remake of The Blob. 
uh, the yeah. one with Kevin Dillon, a kid, mm-hmm. a blob kills it. I remember I was shocked. I was like, because you don't see kids die. And that was, that was shocking to me. Uh, and then, you know, you said the original right there. What was it, 34, 1934? When, when was the original Frankenstein release? I can't even remember. Uh, 31. Yeah, 31. Freaking right there had had uh, someone, you know, um, a kid. Hey, you were talking about ballads, so I got to play this. <laughs> all right sorry i couldn't resist it's right. a i like that okay renads uh how about uh i shared my 80s uh horror stories in a sense of like when it came to film max yeah. talked about uh fans want to hear because i tried to keep this away from the last episode we did so where where you know whatever hasn't been said where do the 80s horror films play into your life? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the soundtrack music. Intro music. Um, I, <laughs> I, was, um, I had a babysitter when, um, since I was, um, let me just go back. You made, you made it seem like as if you, like, murdered this babysitter because no, you're like, no, 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 I no, no, no. had a babysitter. Well, you know, you grow up. Yeah, I know. But um, I lived in an apartment with my parents before we moved into a house. And right next door, this lady, um, she's, she's still very dear to my heart. Um, I still hang out with her when I can. She used to babysit me since I was maybe, like, 13. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say babysit at 13. I'd just go over there and hang out with her. And she had two sons, and one of her sons' name was Joe. Iconic. Ironic. Um, and he was an artist. He kind of reminded me of you, Sanj. He was an artist, and he loved film. He wanted to be a film. He wanted to be a film writer. And he would always hang out with me and talk with me, and he started talking about horror films. He's like, well, Rowdy, you like a lot of films. And this is probably when I was, like, 10 he was like, did you ever thinking about watching any horror movies? And I said, no. I said, I just, I, I, I would always go into the blockbuster, you know, the, the movie store, and I would do what Max does. I would peek. I would look at, you know, the, the front of the cover, and I would, I would just picture in my mind what that movie would be like. And, you know, I would just be like, oh, I can't get this. Mom and Dad will let me watch this. I'll freak myself out. be a waste of a membership, you know, movie, and just send it right back. But... And he was like, no, you should really give it a shot. You should really give it a shot. And his room is immaculate. Like, everything, it, it was it was nerd central, a film. Like, he had posters of, like, a bunch of horror films. And every horror film movie was in alphabetical order, perfect condition. There was a set for everything. And he would trust me. He would let me hold them. And he'd be like, here, you can hold it. He's like, I trust you. I know you're not going to like break it and everything. And we would sit there. And I think the first film that I watched was Child's Play. Because, of course, like, I had a kid in it. And I was comfortable enough. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. I was a little nervous, you know, because I was it was unexpected. And I, and I loved it. And then I became a horror film maniac. And um, for... What was it uh, for my birthday? Um, you know, Joe, since he's an artist, he painted me something, and like it was like it was just like something cool, and I have it up in my room. But he said I'm also doing something for this Comic Con that I'm going to, and I said, Well, what's this? And he showed me, and it was a collage of all like the '80s horror slasher 
like you know criminals it was it was mike myers it was jason freddy krueger it was leprechaun it was uh, um chucky it was like it was like all of them put together and he was going and he was going to make everyone sign like you know um sign the painting like directors writers you know people involved just sign the painting and then he was going to sell it and i was like why would you sell it i was like that that's beautiful he, he still has it i have to take a picture of it and show you it it's amazing and um i just i just forever was just so intrigued by um like teenagers getting killed like i i that's just what i'm stuck on i'm stuck on like high school coming of age horror films yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I find teenagers stupid, and then I picture myself, and I'm like, you know, maybe maybe I'll be the, uh, I would picture myself being the smart teenager, you know, not, like, you know, going the opposite way, not running to a room with a bunch of chainsaws, you know, going <laughs> towards a car. You know, did you see that commercial by any chance? Yeah. It, it was chainsaws and, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's supposed to make fun of, right? Yeah, supposed to make fun of horror films. Oh, let's like go into the car. Let's go behind all the chainsaws. <laughs> and the guy's like right there, and he's like looking at him like, stupid. <laughs> like, why would you do that? But um, yeah, that's why I love horror films. And I, I would sit in my room late at night, like especially around Halloween, I would just sit there and watch them. And I didn't get scared as much. I just it was more like. I got up towards the level. Like, you know, I, I started off something, you know, not so scary, then a little bit more scary, you know. And I just wound up liking them. But I'm still, a, a, like, a scaredy cat with everything else. Like, going to, like, haunted houses and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm like, the loudest scream. Yeah. I don't know why, but, yeah. All right, on. Well, That's this, me. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Our whole, um... 80s horror where we stand or where we you know the music and so on and seafood you know uh yeah all right you know i think it's 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 uh it's perfect for us to uh get into the actual uh part of the the, the movies now uh so since we're still theming this halloween uh yeah this would be perfect oh we we decided our our you know uh, our guest now, uh, Max, to pick the movie, and his choice was Senor uh, Beetlejuice, right? Uh, damn it, I was thinking of, nah, you know what, I'll do it in post. Alright, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna, you're, you're, Max, you're gonna intro in this movie, alright? So all there right. you have it, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to talk about our movie. Alright, so we're gonna talk about Beetlejuice, which was in 1988, and it stars Michael Keaton, of course, Gina Davis when she was like the thing, uh, a sober <laughs> Al, uh, and who else was it? Oh, Catherine O'Hara, she's great. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, who's been in a lot of '80s mo- movies and stuff, and of course, it was directed by Tim Burton, uh, his second film after Pee Wee, and uh, it, music was done by Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where to really go with this movie, but um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. <laughs> I'll just talk about the title. It's Beetlejuice, but in the actual movie, I don't know if you guys, I don't know how long it's been since you guys watched it. I rewatched it for this for this podcast, but his his uh, his name's not actually spelled like J-U-I-C-E. It's like G-E-U-S-E, and it's like kind of like, I don't know, like French. Beetlejuice. Yeah. And it, it's just interesting that they're like, no, 
Americans are stupid. We need we need to spell it like phonetic or not even phonetically, but like Beetlejuice, you know. But I I just think it's like uh, interesting that because don't, don't they at one point the Maitlands don't they at one point when they're looking at an ad they're all Beetle guys. Yeah, because yeah. they they say it the way they're reading it, but that's right. how it's actually pronounced. Like it's Beetle guys, right? But yeah, they changed it to Beetlejuice. Right. I just I just think it's interesting. Well, I, lo- I love when he's doing the charades and like they're just popping up, and then like you just see the juice <laughs> it's pouring in the glass. <laughs> <laughs> they show like the beetle when 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 it's uh yeah she's like kind of playing it's like a charade uh, yeah and and then you just see like hey how's it going <laughs> and she like freaks like ah beetle he's like yeah thanks. oh and I forgot about Winona Ryder's in this yeah it's Winona Ryder yeah and Alec Baldwin oh yeah the Baldwin yeah when he was yeah. all suave Sober. looking who. <laughs> Who they were considering to play freaking Batman uh, in the Burton's thing, but obviously Keaton got it. Uh, you, well, you know what I read? I read that when uh, Tim Burton first was like doing the drafts of this movie, that um, oh, Sammy Davis Jr. was supposed to be yeah. Uh, that's who, that's who he wanted to play. See, that's the thing. There's two. Could you imagine though? That would be crazy. I know. Like, hey, blah, blah. You know, I don't know how I do his voice, <laughs> yeah. but see that that's twice in in the history of like Burton's career where uh, I was like shocked by who he wanted to play the lead. This one being the first time uh, where in Beetle, you know, Beetlejuice is like really Sammy Davis Jr. because he said he loved growing up watching Sammy Davis Jr. And, yeah, he wanted him to play it, but the 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 studio was like, what? Get out of here! Like, you know, they're like, all right. Um, but there's another time in his career where when he was doing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, he he actually was going to have Marilyn Manson play Willy Wonka. But Manson, Manson was busy touring at the time, so his schedule just co- conflicted with the whole movie schedule. So it didn't work out. Yeah, so, but Sammy Davis, imagine, like, Michael Keaton wouldn't be Michael Keaton at, if it was, you know, because this really built him up his career like whoa like this guy like and then they got him batman and boom you know so um it just oh come on sammy it wouldn't be the same it'd be weird it it would be more music inclined than it would be but this movie is because look i mean i mean but i mean more like you know i think that's where like they were kind of like like i mean I, i can understand why Sammy Davis Jr. would be in this movie because there is a lot of like musically but it'd be more you know like music numbers you know, yeah. singing. <laughs> I just think it'd be fun. Oh, <laughs> Beetlejuice, hey, how's it going? You know, like it's just a freaking music. I mean, <laughs> I just snorted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? What I give Michael Keaton credit for is, like, how do you explain? the whole character of Beetlejuice. Like, that is such a complex character. That's such an unknown character, because what is he, you know? What is a Beetlejuice? Is it, is it like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, which I thought was pretty cool, how he created such a character. Well, well that was kind of... Oh, go on, Max. Know? I was going to say, that's what, like, the, the movie got criticized a lot by critics, because it was, like, one movie, and it just felt like Michael Keaton's performance was so over the top. And, like, so, such a contrast to the rest of the movie, which is why a lot of people like it, is because he's just so, like, out there and he's funny. But, like, I mean, I, I get that in a certain sense because it's got this one tone, and then Beetlejuice is just ridiculous. And, yeah. and, and I was actually, like, counting. He's only in the movie for about, like, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. He's hardly in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not even about him, really. 
It's 17.5 minutes. <laughs> in, in a 92-minute film. Well, here's the original idea for Beetlejuice. Uh, the, in the original script was a horror film uh, and featured Beetlejuice as a winged reptilian demon who transformed into a small Middle Eastern man to interact <laughs> with the Maitlands and the Deeds. Uh, Lydia was a minor character, with her six-year-old sister Kathy being the Dietz's child, able to see the Bainton. Beetlejuice's goal was to kill the Dietz, rather than frighten them away, and included sequences where he mauled Kathy in the form of a rabbit squirrel and tried to rape Lydia. Subsequent script rewrites turned the film into a comedy and toned down Beetlejuice's character into the ghost of a wise-cracking con artist than a demon. So that's, uh... Right, because that was the whole thing, was he was going to try to, like, rape Lydia to get into the world. Yeah. Like, it was... <laughs> that was the whole marriage thing. Yeah. I guess, like, so they, they yeah, it. they changed it to being married. But he did come off as a pervert. Like, you know, he was a perv. Totally. Yeah, like, there's so many... And if you think about it, it's not really a child's movie. It's, it's not. More, it it's more not. of an adult movie. Like, there's so many it's references. The oh, yeah, the F-bomb. The stick going under. Wait, this movie's uh, PG thirteen, right? PG. Uh, it's PG. 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 It's eighties PG. It, oh, the PG thirteen yeah. was there, but yeah, because PG thirteen did exist by that point. Because freaking, what's that one movie? Um, had it. Um, Red Dawn had already been out by this point, but yeah, that's yeah uh, you know, I'm shocked it's not PG 13 because, yeah, they do. We're not right because I remember, like, yeah, they have the F bomb, and I know to get away with, like, you could you're only allowed one. The moment you say more than, than two F words, it becomes a rated R movie, but they do say one and the brothel, like, you know, like, kids are not gonna understand that. They're like, oh my god, like, what is that, like, a nightclub or something? Yeah. Like, you know, like, where is he going? <laughs> and, like, that scene. remember when he's like, he's like, hey, look. We shot by the same door. Amano, yeah. And he hugs him. And he puts yeah. his hand back. And you hear like, quick, quick, quick. you know, it's like trying to. And then she's like, hey, hey, like slapping. And he's like, oh, come on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just a whole funny scene. Like, but he is. He's a huge perv. And he's like disgusting. But I think that's what makes the character great. Because I love when he's like. <laughs> that's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it, but I, I honestly believe. I, I don't know if you could do it verbatim, Max. But my favorite scene is when he they ask he's like. He's like, he's like, what are your, what are your, your, what are your qualifications? You know. Oh, and I know that like, part. Oh, he's like, well, I, um, you know, I attended Harvard University and this and that. He goes, you know. <laughs> like, oh, well, I attended Juilliard. I graduated at the high of my class. Oh wait, I, can't you do it, Renata? Yeah. You can um, do the whole thing. All right, here you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh wait, hold on. Let, let me just like look at it. Really, let me think about it really quick. All right. While you do that, we have yeah. Just hold, just hold for a second. While I, I. I yeah. All right. Well, while you do that, this this, this we yeah, have, we should have had okay. this by the intro, and this is the best way. I love the way this movie starts. I love there's something just about this scene here. I just love, and it's just the sound. Hopefully, the audio is okay. I was trying to get you guys to, um, cause you guys can't hear it, but I was playing it obviously for the audience. Um, it's the, it's the beginning intro scene. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll add it obviously later on into when I edit this show, 
But I just love because it, it's just it's the whole movie like the way it plays out like in the very beginning that cool that every freaking movie has stolen for their trailers is the main Beetlejuice theme. Mm-hmm. But I love when they show the Griffin logo, you know, the little ball in the beginning. And it says a Griffin uh, company release as it as it started. You just hear very low, like you hear like the it's Danny Alfman doing it, but he goes, Dayo, it's a Dayo, and then he goes, Daylight come and you won't go home. And all, it makes it all doom. eerie. Yeah, and then and it just kicks in, and it's perfect. Like it just it just plays perfect the whole theme. Dun, 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 dun. It's like one of the best like intro theme songs like for. Like out of I, I honestly like Elfman is it has like he has the Batman theme you know freaking obviously Beetlejuice you know Edward Scissorhands Nightmare Before Christmas he has so many but this this one I think is one of my favorites next to the Bicycle Machine uh, from Pee Wee's Big Adventure this has to be my favorite all right Renata you ready yes is I. He's like, oh, so what are your qualifications? He's like, oh, well, I attended Juilliard. I went to Harvard Business School. I traveled quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague. I had a pretty good time during that, too. I've seen the answers about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, can you be scary? Ah, well, scary. <laughs> what do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so hard to remember it where because my friend Eric does it. Per- remember, I sent you the video. Yeah, it's well, on just, just show your face. That's scary enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it's, it's. I attended Juilliard. I went to Harvard Business School. I traveled quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague and had a pretty good time during that too. And saw The Exorcist about 167 times. And then it goes on because people don't know the order. So that was impressive. I'm not gonna lie. That was impressive. <laughs> because it's, it's so hard to do because you have to, because I was like, wait, I have to make sure everything is in order before I do this. Yeah. And I was so proud of myself. Yay. Yay. Did, did you guys know that there was supposed to be a sequel? Yes. And it was it was titled Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii? Yeah, Goes to Hawaiian. <laughs> oh, Goes to Hawaiian. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Beetlejuice My- Goes to Hawaiian. Well, there's, there, all right, let me see. While you, you know, um, uh, let's see. I guess, you know, I'll look it up. You guys uh, obviously hold the microphone, so talk talk more love about Beetlejuice. Uh, anything that, you know... Well, you actually, um, I knew of the cartoon before I actually saw the movie. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah. So I saw the cartoon first, and I didn't even know it was a movie until, like, kind of later. I guess, I mean, because it was, like, 89 to, like, 91 or 92. Yeah. In some car- sense of a kid, I think that's actually pretty awesome. Because when you're like, oh, my God, this cartoon is real. Yeah. Like, it's a real guy. <laughs> like, you yeah. know? No, it's it's interesting because, like, then you see the movie, and the movie and the cartoon are completely different. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> even though, like, um, Tim Burton was a producer for the cartoon, um, it does have characters that were in the cartoon that weren't in the movie. Like, the stupid, like cousin it dog and the, the like texas stereotype like hairy guy and then you had like a uh, tap dancing spider which is stupid and like a french skeleton and it's just like it, if you watch it recently the puns are just terrible but it was so like that time and you know 
But, and I thought yeah. what was pretty funny was him and Lydia became like best friends in the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, hey, Perv, like, you know, how's it going? Like, you know, you tried to marry me. We're still friends. Remember when you were trying to take me to the netherworld and uh, all that? Yeah, we're just going to push that under the rug. Yeah, slitter under the bridge, forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that, that cartoon was awesome because it was so different from anything that was on. <laughs> And uh, what I loved about the 90s was just, like, if something was popular, they would just pump out a cartoon. Like, Ace, oh, Ventura, yeah. Ace Ventura had a, um, An ultra a cartoon. Um, the the mask. mask. That cartoon, just, like, they just pump it out. Well, Bill wait, and what, Ted what? had a cartoon. Yeah. Back to the Future. Back like, to the Future. I miss those days because it's, like, they don't even have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. No, they don't. They don't. Just, no, they got rid of it. The, the I, It was, um... Three, I think it was about three weeks ago. We did it on Brothers Bear, where it, it, we did it the, that morning, where we talked about in in over a certain amount of years was the first time in that many years that um, this is the first time we haven't had uh, any cartoons on Saturday morning. Now they do have kid related shows on Saturday morning, but they're live action but stuff. It, no cartoons. No cartoons. It's all it's all cable now, anyways. But you know what I do too. I I just. I have all the Looney Tunes, like, DVD box sets. Like, I have all the Looney Tunes, like, from, like, from Bugs Bunny to Elmer Fudd to the Roadrunner and, you know, meet me, you know, like, that sort of thing. And I sit there and I just get a big thing of cereal and I go old school and I'm just eating it. And then, like, you know, I don't know, I'm just stupid like that. Like, I know that's, like, they don't have it anymore and it's really upsetting. They don't even, like, they show, like, the 90s cartoons. Like, come on, like... Weren't you such a big fan of like Hey Arnold and Absolutely. yeah and um Cat Rocko's Dog Rocko's Modern Life right. Rocko's Modern Life and but they all show them like at Nick and Night when you're like practically falling asleep or when you're just getting home from like you know having a good time and you want to like crash and it's just ridiculous I kind of wish they showed him more in the daytime uh, but to go back to the the cartoon of Beetlejuice I just because um, there's like three episodes that's on the DVD that I have and uh, there's one that's called Aha and he's supposed to be like the Sherlock Holmes kind of ripoff and like the puns are just really really bad but he gets a clue and um, it's like I dot A dot am dot and it's a donkey and then he's trying to read it and he goes I am a uh you know, it's supposed to say jackass, but he doesn't. Yeah. Get it. It's yeah. just it like, but you totally wouldn't see that in a in a cartoon show, you know. And he's like half the 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 show. He's just trying, or half the episode. He's trying to figure out what it says, and it just like it's it's pretty funny. And it's like one of those things where you probably don't. It goes over your head when you're a kid, but as an adult, you're like, that's that's clever. That's funny. Does he ever figure it out? No, <laughs> no. Oh, oh Beetlejuice was really a smart one. <laughs> I don't know like it's funny how like they change also like because if you think about it Beetlejuice was a clever you know like he was sly in the movie and like you know they totally made him like brainless and like best friends with Lydia like just totally changed his character yeah like she hung, she hung out with them like nothing like like that's the one thing I didn't understand because I've seen I like I, I saw Beetlejuice in the theaters, and I love the freaking movie. But the whole movie, the like Beetlejuice is the bad guy in the film. He's in the antagonist. Like, like I mean, at the end, he gets swallowed up by a sandworm, and then he's like, 
He's like, hey, man, you know, hey, there goes Elvis. You know, remember when he takes a little thing? Hey, like, yo. <laughs> yeah, hey, yo, Elvis. You King. Know, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then that's what he goes. And then he, like, switches, like, oh, jeez. Like, he's like, pulls oh, a little slip and throws it. And then he just, like, look at it. He's like, hey, what? What's going on? Hey, hey. You know, he's like, and, um. I, like, I, I, I knew, like, all right, Beetlejuice was a bad guy. Like, he wasn't good. I, even as a kid, I understood that. So when I saw the cartoon and I started watching it, it made no sense to me because, like, even then I was just like, huh? Like, how is he friends with Lydia? Like, that didn't happen in the movie. This is stupid. I still watched it every week, but I didn't get it. You know, and, I I thought, and then I don't know why, but, like, Beetlejuice is, like, really chunky in the cartoon. They, they just kind of made him but he, fat. But yeah, they did. But... They did. He did have a gut. He had a beard and a gut. He just ah. covered it up very well. If you notice, like when he sits, it's it's just like piles. It's like this. Yeah, you're right. He kind of did not not much, but I maybe. But I guess the, in the cartoon they emphasize. Yeah, his posture, like they kind of he kind of made it like, oh, I got a beard, you know. But he wasn't that like, you know. I they don't give know. him a double chin and stuff in the cartoon <laughs> yeah, oh my god you know it was really funny like when i was younger i didn't get it and like now i do but remember the secretary when like they go through the the door into like the the dead and then she's like she's like well i had my little accident and when i was younger i'm like why are they laughing and then like you know as i get older i'm like oh she was a cutter because <laughs> like she like had gut marks like right here and i'm like yeah. wait remember yeah yeah and I was like, wow. I was like, I think I was like 14 when I watched it again. I'm well, like, oh, she, she was a cutter. Well, she wasn't a cutter. She she uh, committed suicide. Like, she just slit her wrist. Yeah, like, she slit her wrist. Like, she would cut. And then, like, she, you know, she obviously cut, you know, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. Because cutter, you would think, like, it's those ones that self-mutilate. But she just only did it just twice. Whoop, whoop. And then she was it. But, like, I never, like, why would she kill herself? I didn't understand that. Like, all the other ones, like, you could tell they were accidents. Like, that one guy where he's, like, smoking, remember? And he's all charred yeah. up. You know, obviously, he must have <laughs> died. Like, he burned alive. But since he's a smoker, he probably fell asleep with a cigarette and charred himself. You know, the big fat guy had a bone in his throat, you know? The football um, players. Yeah, yeah, the football players, they, they died in a, in a plane hey, coach, crash. Coach, where, where's the restroom? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not your coach. Your coach survived. Yeah. Um, How did you survive that crash? How'd you guess? <laughs> uh, in that scene, there, like, if you look in the back, you see, like, there's a, in that scene where they're in the office and they're like, hey, coach, where's the bathroom? Well, in the, in, when you look behind the maintenance, um, you see, like, all these people sitting down. It, yeah. They're actually in a movie theater watching us like that's really what it's supposed to be like we're watching we're there the audience in the theater watching beetlejuice the movie but they're sitting there and we're supposed to be the movie they're watching us that was like the intention because if you look like like i I read up about it and that was like burton's like idea on that scene was like that the, the audience is looking ba- i mean the the movie is looking back at us watching us as a movie i don't know i, I it was just kind of random but i always thought that was like like, like as a director, like putting that in, like he, like you're like, what is he doing? Like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's freaking weird. But really quickly, here, here he goes. So, Beetlejuice uh, only cost 15 million dollars. Like that's how much it costs to freaking make. Um, but it made a box office uh, return of 73 million. So it made a massive wow. amount of money. So obviously, 
when it comes to a studio, they're like money. Like, all right, dude, we have a hit here. Let's get another one out. Well, Burton, not interested in doing a sequel. Because especially at the time, like, Burton, like, uh, studios wanted Burton badly. Like, uh, right before Pee-wee's Big Adventure, they wanted him badly. But every single script that went to to Burton, he turned down. Like, every single thing he turned down. Like, because when, when Pee-wee Herman wanted somebody to make his movie, um, they, he, uh, like freaking he didn't he's like how who can i get he actually when he met burton because some one of his friends was like hey i just saw this movie called frankenweenie you got to check it out when burton's i mean when uh when peewee uh paul rubens saw the movie he he went to actually warner brothers and told him i found i found their director and they're like who and he's like tim burton is like yeah everybody found them he turns down every single script so but he actually agreed to it and then boom made uh, freaking Pee-wee's Big Adventure. After that, Burton was throwing scripts and scripts because that movie made a ton of money. But Burton would turn everything out, and then he and he came across this movie. So obviously, when the, when they wanted a sequel, Burton was not interested in a sequel whatsoever. So at that point, so at the, the the in his mind, as a joke, he felt if I can like throw something that would really like just make it a horrible sequel, that's where he threw out the idea of Beetlejuice Goes Hawaii. I mean Hawaiian. Um, and after that, he, he, he threw in, like, um, like, a scene where, like, even, like, Beetlejuice wins a surf contest. And, uh, according to the screenwriter, Jonathan, uh, uh, Gems, he said, Tim thought it would be funny to match the surfing backdrop of a beach movie with some sort of German expression because mm-hmm. they're totally wrong together. The thing was, is the studio loved it. They freaking loved it, and the script was commissioned. And both Michael Keaton and Renona Ryder actually signed up to do the film in 1990. Uh, the script uh, basically, practically became a remake of the original movie, with the exception of it being like uh, warmer weather. It's um, uh, let's see, let's see. The Dietz family moves to Hawaiian Island and opens a resort. That happens to be built on top of some ancient burial ground. Winona Ryder's character, Lydia, goes to the afterlife to ask Beetlejuice to scare her her own family off the island. Beetlejuice takes the job, but use but also uses the afterlife version uh, of Rodolfo. I don't know who's that. Uh, ran, I don't even know to make Lydia fall in love with him. Okay, someone, some character. The two. She didn't learn from the last time. Huh. She didn't learn from the last time. I, I don't know, but like that—that's such a stupid script. Well, they, well, see, that's the thing. They, that they, they were. Uh, who knows? It's like the two hook up, and Lydia even agrees to get married to Beetlejuice. So that's why what they were doing was purposely making uh, the exact same movie. In the grand finale, Beetlejuice turns into a giant monster, Jucifer. That's what it says. When his plans have gone to to poo. And starts leveling the island, the island with some help from reanimated dinosaur skeletons and monster, uh, and monster Easter island heads. Uh, uh, let's see. Then a no longer hot for Beetlejuice, Lydia uses her psychic powers to summon a tidal wave and levels the island itself. Apparently, including her parents' hotel. The end. That that was the movie, and it says. It, the movie would have probably been made anyway if Tim Burton hadn't gotten uh, distracted by the Batman movie. Um, but you know, they've been ever since they've been trying to do it. And then back in 1996, they even asked Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, to do a rewrite in which he said, "Didn't we all? 
say what we needed to say in the first Beetlejuice. So after all of that, back after, you know, Smith hit with Clerks and this and that and so on and so forth. And, you know, Mallrats, they were like, hey, can you do a rewrite uh, of Beetlejuice? And he even he turned it down. So, yeah. So, um, the, so what do you so what do you think of like his new like film or like his daughter's doing and Johnny Depp's daughter? Like, did you hear that? Have you been seeing stuff like that? Yeah, that's I, I mean, I'm fine with that. I don't really I haven't known much about the movie, but I'm fine with it. It's called, like, Yoga Posers or something like that? I thought thought you were going to ask me what I thought about them doing the sequel now. Because that, (laughs) it has been official. I don't know, because that's, like, because I've been seeing so many posts today about, like, that thing that's going to happen. And then you mentioned Kevin Smith, and I'm like, oh, I need to bring him up. Because, like, I don't know. I just was curious. If they, it it would suck if they did a Beetlejuice uh, sequel now. They are, though. is it is it confirmed? It, it, it's it is. It's finally confirmed. It's official. What? It's gonna be terrible. You think it's, it's gonna be terrible? Yes, because it's like, well, one like Michael Keaton's really old, and it just I don't know. And it's, I think it, he still it, got it. And then you're talking about like practical effects versus like CG. It'll just be a whole CG mess, and I don't know. I just felt like it was right at its time, and let's just leave it at that. Let's we don't have to recreate it. Like, because it's going to be a whole different movie. It's not going to be, you know, this. Because I haven't seen one good film that, like, is a sequel that many years have passed and it was good. Really? Like, I can't name one. Uh. Well, Ron, well, like, um, Howard Stern confirmed that Dumb and Dumber 2 was really hysterical. And if I know Howard, because I listen to Howard all the time. You know him? He- <laughs> no, I, I just listen to what he says, and like he's a real like he's a really good interviewer, and he's kind of on the ball with things, and he tells it like it is. Like if he says he's in like a movie, like he'll say it's stupid. Like he thought it was See, like that. That looks it looked like it was terrible. I saw the trailer, I didn't laugh once. Same here. I I, I didn't. Was- I didn't. But that's the thing. I think it's gonna be horrible too. But he says you have to see the movie. He was like, you know, like sometimes what they do, they like pretty when much does, put. When the... does it come out? Uh, keep talking right now. I'm it gonna comes look out up. like next week. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they they were saying like you know what they do is sometimes you notice like they'll just make a horrible trailer and then when you go see the movie you're like oh my god this movie's actually that, pretty that, good. That is true. That I'm not. I, you know what? I'm gonna. Agree and then with like you the movies that. that have like all the good scenes in it turn out to be that's the only good scenes in, in the movie. That that you know? does happen sometimes because sometimes the the, the movie the the. The ones that are out there trying to uh, promote the movie, sometimes they have no idea how to even to even promote it. And hasn't that ever happened to you guys? Where you saw a trailer to a movie, and the movie was pure garbage. Like, I mean, not garbage. The the trailer, you were like, I'm not gonna see this. This is horse poo. And then you end up renting it much later on, like when it's out or it's on TV, and you're like, eh, I'm gonna watch it. And then you watch it, and you're like, dude, this movie was so good. And it was only because they didn't know how to distribute the film. Like, they didn't know who to target to the audience. And I know that's... I can't put it, like, down. I put, you know, a hammer to the, the nail, the head of the... Whatever. I can't put it down exactly, but I know that's happened to me many times where I would watch a trailer of something, and I'm like, that looks terrible. And then later on, I watch it. I'm like, dude, this movie was so good. I don't know why I stayed away. And that could be... Because, like, that's why with Dumb and Dumber, when I first saw the trailer, everybody was like, oh, the trailer's up, the trailer's up. And I saw it, and at no point did I even laugh. I felt like they were just trying so hard to rekindle what they had back in 94. But it was just... No, it was garbage. Like, I I did not 
find it. I funny. didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't find it funny either. It was. They were trying to do a lot of. I don't know if the Far- Farrelly brothers are still part of it. Still. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that wrote it and directed. All right, because they had, they do have a lot of slapstick humor. That's why they did Three Stooges. So yeah, I mean that they 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 love that stuff, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I trust the Farley brothers because Stuck on You was great. Something oh, about Oh, get out of here! That Stuck was on that you was their worst. Is, no, no Stuck that on is you their worst great. movie. Oh, seriously! No, you don't like Stuck on You? Oh my no, god! Oh man, that movie sucks. Yeah, there you <laughs> oh go. It god. does. So many good scenes. That 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 one that one heartbreak kid is another garbage mess. Those. Uh-huh. All right, look. I know they have some. Kingpin, awesome. Kingpin is great. Awesome. I love Kingpin. You know they do have Kingpin. some some good films. Something about Mary, the original Dumb and Dumber. Look, but stuck on you or stuck on me, whatever it's called. I don't know. It, stuck on you. Yeah, is, I mean you're you're, you're stuck on that damn movie because that movie's garbage. Seriously, <laughs> I we oh went look. They filmed a scene in one of my friend's dad's restaurants out in Hollywood. And we were like, oh, let's go see the movie. And I remember my friend telling me about it. He's like, yeah, they filmed the scene there in his restaurant. So we're like, all right, well, we love the Fairly Brothers. So we're like, all right, let's go let's go watch the movie. So we went to go see it. And the movie, like, at no point we're, we're like, man, this movie's horrible. We weren't laughing or anything. But we decided to st- sit through the whole movie just so we could see the scene of the restaurant. Because we're like, well, we still want to see the scene. Well, they omitted that scene from the original release. So we, we sat through the whole movie and we never even got to see that scene. Yeah, that movie... Is terrible. We did not laugh once. It's 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 a piece of garbage. No, especially when they're in the disco and then they go and fight and they like like they're doing karate and stuff and like uh, <laughs> they get into the fight. Oh my! Well, no, we can't always agree on something. We don't. That's the, that's what about what about you, Max? Your thought on that film? He he shook his head. He doesn't like it. It sucks. I didn't. Even, I don't even think I finished it. <laughs> oh wow, that that's saying a lot right there. <laughs> when you can't finish the movie, I mean. I, no, I do like Shallow Hal though. That's like that's yeah. such an underrated movie. Yeah. Oh, dude, that movie. I love so Shallow Hal. That's probably my favorite that they did. But but you know what? Shallow Hal kind of has the same type of like humor. Like I don't know, they all have the same type of humor. How do you not like suck on you if it's the same type of humor? Because they're stuck together. This the whole premise is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but the, just the thought. Oh my god, the thought process of like how people react to them, and like you know some of the stuff that they have to do, and like uh, when he goes on the date and he's dressed up as the bear in the suit, like the, the what you call it, Bob, who is uh, Matt Damon's character. And he fakes that he's sick because you know the girl that he's been talking through online dating. They finally meet up in Hollywood, so. He's sitting in bed, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sick. She's like, that's okay, she's out to here. And she's, like, feeding him soup. And she's like, well, you have your nice teddy bear to keep you company. And here it's the other brother. And he's in a, a live, like, uh, teddy bear outfit. He's like, oh, I thought you'll never leave. <laughs> like, he's just sitting there with his- only we you're making it fun. We need to stop talking about this movie. <laughs> that was a great movie. Oh my god! You know, you know what? What movie honestly is underrated? I mean, I I don't know how you guys feel about this movie, but this was one movie where me and my little brother both saw the trailer to this film and we we're like, whatever about it. But we actually happened to catch it when it was released on video, and we thought it was freaking hilarious. We're like, dude, this movie's actually pretty good. I mean, not there are actually there are hilarious moments, not as a whole. Like the whole movie's funny. But it's really, like, we thought it was really well done. And there are some scenes where, like, holy hell, like, the references and jokes they would do. And it was Osmosis Jones. Someone where, do you remember where Bill Murray, he has, like, a virus in him? So it's, like, half live action, half cartoon. Did you guys ever see that movie? 
I don't remember it enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what you talk about. It. He's blue and stuff. Yeah, it's like, uh, I, yeah. like they, it's like a two. I, I saw it. it. It's actually really good. It's it's really well done. And that one, that film is so. It's like underrated, but I mean, and Bill Murray in it, and that that one's actually pretty good. Like, because uh, I'm looking right now at the stuff that they've done, and and like I, I'm going through. Like, I didn't know they did Hall Pass. And that one was all right. Like, it was it, it was it was um. It wasn't, okay, like, okay. hilariously funny or anything. But I'm like, all right, it was enjoyable. It was one of those where, like, it's not hilarious. I'm not laughing like crazy, but I'm not bored at any point. Like, all right, I watched it. It's enjoyable. Um, Three Stooges was one that I hated the trailer. See, that was one. I saw the trailer, and I got worried because I was like, oh, boy. And I was like, and I was kind of worried. I was like, oh, because I love the Three Stooges. And but when I, they did, they seriously did this movie justice. Like, I saw this film. And I, I felt like if I could put it in black and white, I was watching a Three Stooges short. Like, but I, that's the thing. Like, do you think they should have put it in black and white? I uh, honestly, they should have. Like, look, Frank, I think they should have. That's what, like, you know, would have been funny. Frank, I, I know the studio would have said no because Frank Darabont, the guy, you know, I mean, most people know him more so now for freaking doing the 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 first season of The Walking Dead, and he did like the guy who actually got the ball rolling for The Walking Dead, like helped get it, you know, being made. Uh, you know, he did the Green Mile, he did Shawshank Redemption, he did The Mist, you know. Um, well, he with that film, The Mist. He it's the one where he it was his take on doing a B horror movie, you know, in, in in today. And his original idea was to have it all done in black and white. He wanted the film to be black and white. The studio is the one that rejected that idea and said, "No, we don't want this in black and white. Like it has to be in color. No one wants to see a black and white movie." So when they released it on like the special edition DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. He had his version of the cut where it's all in black and white. And it's pretty cool because when you watch it, it does give that feel of, like, you're back watching a B-horror movie back of, like, of the 50s, you know, in the 60s. I'm like, wow, this, this is what he envisioned. This is what he wanted. And they should have did that with the Three Stooges release. When the movie came out, they should have had a version where it's like you could watch it or you can watch it in black and white. Because they, they do it exactly like, like, that's why, like, I, I mean, the Fairley Brothers, like, look... Who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to go see Dumb and Dumber 2. Like, I, I know... It- Everyone who's seen Dumb and Dumber 1 is obviously going to go see 2 just to say what like what they think about it because like, yeah. they just want to know. Like, it was like I- the Anchorman. When Anchorman 2 came out, everyone was going to see yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I'm going to... I'm just going to, like, allow myself, like, I'm not going to go in with the expectations or anything. I'm just going to go and watch it. Watch it. I- I'm going to let go of, like, you know, like... Just being like, is it going to be better than the first? Like, because once you go in with that, you're going to have trouble, like, enjoying the film. So I'm just going to go and see it, watch it, and then see what the hell happens. But honestly, like, as of now, based on the trailer, it, it looks it looks terrible. It doesn't look funny, you know? So we'll see. But you know what I find really funny, too, was uh, when I went to go see uh, Three Stooges in theaters, there was no young people there. I kid you not, it was a row of old ladies and old a ladies. row, old guys, a row, a row of just older women, and then like they're cracking up, and they're like, like you know, they're, like the golden girls. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So like they're all sitting there, and they're like, oh, oh my god, like you know, you ready for this? And then like they're cracking up, like, and they're like, oh my god, the ladder, like it's gonna happen, and they're just pointing and they're saying things because they've seen it and like they know what's expected. They said, oh well, you know, there goes 
Curly, like on the ladder, and then you know Larry's just gonna take that ladder. Just how, how old do you think they were? Like roughly, were like, they really like, I old? Would, I would or... have to say like late sixties, early seventies. So maybe, maybe they were kids back when, like, you know, like all right, the students, or maybe, or maybe mid seventies, early eighties. So that means they were probably roughly around like they were kids back in like maybe the late. 40s, early 50s, somewhere within that time frame, they're watching the Stooges as kids, and now they're going back and realizing. That was their One Direction. Like, that's what they were screaming <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I love the Three Stooges. There's this, uh, you could watch it on Netflix. There's a, a, a made-for-TV movie that they did. Mel oh, Gibson, I've seen that Mel already. Mel Gibson produced it. Now, if you watch that, it, don't follow along to what the hell happens in that movie, because that's not true. They like the, uh, they they made it Hollywood, you know. They changed stuff, so that's not the true one hundred percent story. But there are little bits of what happens in their lives, like for instance, like the resurgence in the eighties and all that. Once like you know t- television and they they started reshowing stuff and all that. And like, yeah, the seventies, eighties, uh, it was more so the seventies. Uh, there was like uh like the Three Stooges. They kind of started like coming back and like er- every generation like would would like because like. When my when the eighties like they started showing them a lot on TV again, and that's when like every generation all had like a resurgence of like the three Stooges. So, um, what you call it? They freaking like it's just it's cool. Like so, that's probably with them. They're like, wow, like our childhood is right here in this film, and they were probably enjoying. It. That's that's pretty cool. I know we really veered off from <laughs> Beetlejuice and the Halloween episode, but when you start talking movies and you talk about, you know, it, it, you can't help it but just go off on it. And I don't think our fans mind, you know. Um, but we have to we have to go back to Beetlejuice. You know, I mean, we, we got to. Um, I guess, uh, Renata, say something you hate about the film. Because we, uh, the audience knows we love, we love Beetlejuice. I, I, I'm not, I, I, right, you guys could agree with me. Max, you chose Beetlejuice yeah. for a reason. Renata, I know you love Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice. But let, let's try to, let's try to pinpoint stuff we, something we hate about the film that you wish, I wish they would have done this instead, or, you know, if this was done differently, let, let's, let's, let's have some hate because everyone knows they love, we love the film. So let, let's try to, let's throw a curveball and see, see what right. we could talk about. There was there was just characters that were annoying to me. Okay. That I think that should have. Otho was very <laughs> annoying. Like, like just everything about him, and like you could tell. Like, I mean, they didn't announce it, but you could tell he was like the gay friend that just like did not stop being annoying, and like just was, had something to say about or or nitpick or like you know. And he was kind of evil in himself, too. Like, you know, he was kind of sly. And he was kind of like, you know, oh, let me look at this book. Let me do something, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Such a smug look, too. Like, you know, like his poo don't stink. Like, his face. Oh, yeah. You know, you also, just wanted to punch him. Like, ah. Also, Jane and her daughter, like, the, the deeds as realtors. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. my God. I was like, just punch her through the window. Like, you know, because she was just like there. It's like, no, Jane. No. If it was like in my house, I'd be like, no, Jane. Pow. Like, right through the window. I would have, like, hated her. <laughs> She's like, um, this is a skeleton key. This will open every single door in the entire house. Oh, my God. You know, the poor family. I just love them. And the girl in the background is like, they died. <laughs> like, she's, in the, she's in the back window. Yeah. They're like, they oh, died. God. Who has the people who lived here? They died. And they're like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, they were great people. And it's I just funny. hated her. 
What about you, Max? What 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 hatred can you find on this film, if anything? Um, can I can I go kind of obscure and go with the video game they made from it? Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> it's, still, it's still connected to Beetlejuice. Dude, all right, this this game that came out, it, it's from LJN, and they're notoriously you know bad for making terrible um, movie based games, and. You just look at it, and it, it's just a mess. I mean, like, it's all just... It has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, Beetlejuice is... It's just terrible. Graphically, it's terrible. You can't, like, jump right. And it's, <laughs> it's a shame. It's, it's, it's terrible. I, I, it's pissed me off just thinking about it. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Because it could have been so good. It should have just been based off of the uh, cartoon. So rather they, they, they did it off of the movie. And, um, I mean... He's like Beetlejuice is jumping in front of a like a log house and it's orange and there's like a blue sky. It looks like it could be anything. It looks like they already had this movie and they're like, oh, Beetlejuice made a bunch of money. Let's put Beetlejuice in it. Probably. So, it, yeah. it says right here, you stomp on cockroaches in order to gain points. It's and, stupid. And they use to buy various scare tactics in order to defeat villainous en- enemies and bosses. And then it seems like you're going through the house trying to scare Otho away. But then later on levels, you're fighting mythical creatures and you're like in the neighbor's sewer system. So you make it sound cool. It's not cool. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, he totally just like narrated that perfectly. Like he was... <laughs> sucks. Now, like, what about no the Game Boy version? No... The Game Boy version, I've actually never played the Game Boy version. Okay. But that's, that was more based off of the, the uh, cartoon. Yeah, the Game Boy is. I'm looking at the Game Boy uh, version of it and it is it's based off of the cartoon. Uh, but but the one that's based off the movie is terrible. Yeah. But um, you no, know, I I think well to go back to the movie. Um, I don't I don't know some like sometimes I like Beetlejuice, sometimes I don't the actual character because I can kind of feel that like man he's just so out there that it's like you know I don't know it kind of disrupts the flow of the movie and it's like i have a not a love-hate relationship but i'm like it works sometimes i'm it, it's kind of like in the the mood i'm in i guess it's like some of the times i'm like yeah uh, I'll, I'll go along with it and there's other times i'll watch it and i'm like dude he's just he's just he's annoying right now <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i guess it's kind of the mood i'm in I, I don't think beetlejuice could ever be annoying for me i just find everything that he says just is hysterical like his lines like just everything about him like i love perverted Beetlejuice, I think he's just. <laughs> uh, my hatred goes on their deaths. Uh, that's honestly gonna be. That's always been an issue for me since I, I was a a kid. I could not understand how they died. It makes <laughs> oh, no yeah. logical sense because okay, look, I get when you watch movies, you you, you just need to escape and be like, let's. Let's do the fictional lie. Like, it's a fictional story. But then again, when they're when you're watching a movie, what what the what the director, the writer, everybody's doing is that they're showing you a movie like this. Imagine if this was real. That's all they're telling us. Even though we know it's fictional, they're telling us, imagine if this really happened and this is going on. So it's like, all right, look, they're, they're, they're going on a bridge. They're all going out. You know, he's going to go buy some paint because they're on their staycation, you know, and... They see a dog earlier when they're crossing the bridge, and you see the dog, so you know, all right, that dog's going to be trouble later on. Because they focus on that damn dog for some reason. <laughs> later on, the dog is on the bridge, and like, ah, they crash through. 
the dog is standing on the on the little the, the piece of wood and it's what's holding the car and the, the window all right here's the most important part window is open the window is open and they're looking at the dog and they're like i think, I think a door is open too uh, I'm not sure if a door is open, but I know the windows are down, and they're looking. At that point, the dog gets off the piece of wood, and then the weight shifts, and the car falls. One, it's not that high. Two, they had their seatbelts on. So when the car falls, they're still going to be held. Window's <laughs> going to be open. Water's going to rush in. At that point, unstrap, swim out. Yeah, they can't open the door but it's an old enough car that the window is rolled in they can easily swim out so i don't know how it was possible for them to even drown why they didn't fall it's not like they got knocked out it wasn't a high enough fall that's what doesn't understand me and if the windows were closed if no water got in they're still in there and there's just still in the water so i never understood even as a kid and to this day how it was possible for them to die if maybe one of them because they got stuck like i can't get out but the car wasn't damaged so there was no it's an easy it's an old car so it's easy press the button unsnap that's it there, there is no damage to the car so it's not like they're trapped if it would have made more sense if they crashed and it shows like like oh i'm stuck i can't i can't open the door like right before they show the dog it's like can you get out no i'm stuck like the door's jammed and you're like oh yeah i can't and then that's when they look and then they see and but no instead you see the car fall and then you hear like the cool violin like you know they always play that cool like the, the uh, just the elfman score i'll get into that in a little bit but but just seeing that and then when the car falls it flips over and it just falls and it goes originally it was supposed to be like way gra- more graphic really all right well in the original script it was like it was graphic it was in detail but they took it out because they went for a different tone so what was it do you know oh. or no or you just read it was, that it was, it was like they i just read that they they like fall but you actually see something happen like you actually see them die oh just oh, like, like more, they're in the water and like they're like you know. i think so i don't, yeah i just read something that in the original script it actually shows them dying like, well you know what I, no, I understand it's just that like they're sitting there and they see like you know like he's not like you stop like instead of like looking like at the dog like just find some way to get out or like you know like survival mode would kick in and like just try to like get out as fast as you can you know well and i think the reason why they, they don't actually show him dying or anything like that is because after that they make they, it look like that they're still alive yeah so they don't know that they're actually dead yeah so they they just like kind of blink, you know. So that's one of the reasons. But yeah, it, I mean it's super comical and yeah. kind of ridiculous the way that they die. But and, and here's the thing for for the the fans out there, if you want, if you're if you have that mentality like me that points out stuff that's like, hey, wait a minute. Um, in the scene when they're in the and they're in the hospital. I mean, not the hospital. They're in the waiting room. And you and we, we talked about this earlier. And you see everybody. And you honestly see, like, you see the scuba diver who has, like, half of a shark's leg in his mouth. Like, you obviously see that everybody is in the state as to what they died in. Mm-hmm. They're, they're exactly in the moment of state. Yet, when you look at the Maitlands, they're, they're normal. They should be soaking wet. Plot hole! Exactly. But mm-hmm. that was done, had nothing to do with the script, had nothing. That had to do on the outside and the director's choice being like, he believed that if we kept them wet the whole time throughout the movie, they would have been uncomfortable. Like, it, it, it would just been uncomfortable for the actors. Plus, two, it could have added to the fact that they could have ended up being, they could have gotten sick, pneumonia or something like that. So they felt as uh, <laughs> health reasons, it was a wiser choice for them to take that out from the film. So that's the only reason. Now, 
for us, we watch that to be like, that doesn't make sense because everybody else, I mean, you see the guy who's charred up, he's, he, that's the way he died. So he looks, that's like exactly the way he died. So that's why, um, you know, they, you have all, all of that, uh, going on, but, um, yeah, uh, other than that, uh, let's see, that's my hatred to the film. You guys had your hatred. Uh, we're going somewhat long, so I'm going to be ending it soon. Let's talk. Uh, I guess the final part, you know, uh, or, you know, real quick, let, give us a, you know, th- this is my favorite uh, thing that Renata does. Uh, Renata, give us the plot to the movie. <laughs> Why? All right. So, the, I mean, there's just so much that goes on, so I really don't know what the plot is. Just the... Well, there is a plot. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, it's so complicated. Okay, so there's this newlywed couple that move into their house, and they get they die, and they have to find some way to move on. But the thing is that they can't move on unless they. Well, that's the thing is like that actually is. Wait, let me let me get into that later. So <laughs> I'm just like questioning myself right now. So they have to, um, they see that there's new people moving in the house. And the whole point of them to live in peace and harmony is to get these weird city people out of their house that's changing everything. And here they wind up becoming best friends with their daughter. And Beetlejuice comes in and she they, they go to them for help to get the family out. And I don't know, just so many things go on, like. I hate doing plots. And at the end, what happens at the end? That saves the day and that's it, right? And they start dancing. Yeah. There you go. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Renata's plots. I hate doing plots. You know I hate doing plots. I know you do. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Just put that on the back of the DVD cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's what it says. So there's a newlywed and they have a house and they want to move on. But they died. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, <laughs> this is the last part we gotta talk about. Is obviously the score. Wait, wait, the can most... I just, wait, wait, can I just say something really quick? Yeah, sure. That in, that interrupted my plot. Um, what about the whole idea of moving on? Like they don't they don't move on. They're stuck in the house for the rest of their life. It seems. You know what? All right, let's talk about that in that movie. Okay. Let, let's talk about it, it, like in in certain movies and stuff they they all have every film when it comes to monsters and all that they have their own you know uh definition and origin of what everything is you know like like for instance like sometimes movies break that that barrier like for instance like uh from dust till dawn they talk about like you know, how do you kill a vampire? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do we know anything that's not from a movie? Like, they mentioned that. Or has anybody actually ever killed a vampire? Blah, blah, blah. So, they're kind of like, they break that little, you know, that, that in a sense, the fourth wall where they're like, oh, this is real life. Other movies, they have their own style. Like, with this film, ghosts, it seems like ghosts uh, kind of do exist in both realms. You know, because I don't really hear anything of them talking about, like, they need to move on. They just kind of show, they just, they're given a book to show how they can live and coexist with the living, right? What's the book called? The Handbook for the Recently Deceased. Yeah, and it just shows you how to live as someone who just recently died, you Mm -hmm. know? So it seems like there isn't, there. it doesn't seem like there's an actual world of moving on. But what I like is, like, there is no heaven nor hell in that world. 
Because, like I said, there's nothing about them moving on, like, going to the light. But there is... It seems like there is somewhat a hell for, like, horrible lost souls. Because, remember, this used to scare me as a kid when they when they open up and then they see, like, the yeah. weird, like... And what does the, the, the janitor say? He's like, this is the hall for the lost or tortured souls. I think it's lost souls. Yeah. And they're like, ooh. You know, like, that look. I remember that scared me. Um, and freaking Juno, the caseworker. <laughs> Juno, your caseworker. But what is a caseworker? What like I mean, it, like going into that place. What was that for? Yeah, see, that's another thing. Like, see, I because they don't really give us more. Like, they leave us really empty. They say they keep saying it's all in the handbook. Don't you read the handbook? Yeah, but we like, don't even only the only person that reads the damn handbook is Otho, and he he causes a bunch of issues. Like, you know, I mean. It's like I don't know. I mean, I I don't I don't understand what exactly it is because there's nothing about moving on. And why are people in a waiting room for what? What do they see in the caseworker for? Like, is it like kind of like like that's the social security office? Like, all right, you just died. You know, now here's the people who are gonna help you understand how to live as a ghost in the real world or what? Like, they don't. I mean, maybe there's deleted scenes or something, but it doesn't really explain to what what they why. What they are, what what the hell, like, what is going on? If they can move on, or or they just stuck there forever, why why are there sandworms? In which actually, you know what? I'm glad we brought this up. I know I, I I'm I'm talking a lot, but the sandworms was added later. There's an actual scene where when he leaves, mm-hmm. um, Christ, uh, what was it? I I I looked this up the other day. Uh, I just happened to come across this the other day. But there's a scene where, but they felt it was difficult. It's deleted. It's like the, um, let's see, um, Beetlejuice deleted scene. Yeah, because they never really addressed the sandworms. Like, what is that area? Yeah. And, like, maybe, why they. Maybe, the, maybe that's how? And, like, even when they walk out of the front door, um, there's, like, sandworms there. So that's, like, some kind of dimension, but it's never addressed what what it is I know. or maybe yeah or maybe it's like you can't like i know you, it means that you can't leave the house that's where you permanently are all right here it goes the gear sequence dropped after early previews uh had alec uh mains by giant clogs uh tearing up fabric of a surreal landscape when he leaves the house a motion control sequence um by visual concept engineering peter kernan's Director Tim Burton switched the action to the Sand Planet set to dispel audience confusion. So at that point, people were already confused by like, what the hell is going on? And there's actual images. If you look up the gear sequence, uh, Beetlejuice, uh, you'll you'll see some images of Alec Baldwin, and there's like these gears rolling around. And that's the thing. Like we don't really truly understand uh, what is going on. Look, I, I just looked right here. This Beetlejuice scene always scared me, and it's the scene where they he looks in the mirror or door and sees the tortured souls. Um, all in all, the this film is. Uh... Oh wait, is this another movie? Uh... <laughs> oh no no no! This is oh, okay. My my bad. Um, but yeah, so so that's why. So so basically, that that's it. Uh, with with the whole i don't i don't know what it is what's the confusion there but you know freaking there you have it freaking we got it all right i don't know i got lost because i started looking at these images of deleted scenes and i'm like holy hell that's awesome all right 
that we because this has already gone like a super long episode. Uh, again, we have to talk about the music, the very last thing, because this music is very memorable. Um, Max, uh, your thoughts on the soundtrack for this film? I think it's just uh, it sets the tone, and I, and it really I think in a lot of ways. Um, helped Danny Elfman's career. And, um, I mean, right after that, he did Nightmare Before Christmas. And, um, I mean, from the beginning with the whole, you know, uh, when the scene opens and it's the, the, the city model, you know, it's like the town model and the camera goes in and the whole time, the whole thing that's moving that scene is the music. And if you could just think about like, if it was a different, you know, kind of, um, song or if it was a different composer it would to that whole scene which is so iconic it would be completely different mm -hmm. and uh it's i mean it's just perfect um danny elfman has that gothic kind of tone that dark tone um it, it's fantastic it's a classic it really is a classic it's a lot of dun 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 and a lot of his music like it's a lot of like like beats like just steady beats yeah yeah, this one, the, you're right. It has a lot of, like, drums in this, like, harder, like, dun, dun, dun. Even in, like, even in Pee Wee, there was a lot of dun, dun, like, you know, just, it, like, I don't know. You could just tell, like, they almost sound the same. I mean, they, a lot of them do. Like, they all have a similar sound. Like, that's the one thing. When you, you, I could, I could play you, like, you know, uh, like, scores by James Newton Howard, you know, freaking, uh, uh, Elfman, freaking uh, Thomas Newman, you know, uh, Michael, I can't, uh, the guy who does, like, a lot of, like, J.J. Um, Abrams' soundtrack, he did the, the soundtrack for Up, you know, like, you could play, and, uh, like, a lot of people who do scores have, like, that similar sound, and Burton is one that just, I mean, Burton, um, Elfman has one that, when you hear his soundtrack, you know it's yeah. it's it's him you know and i know he does other movies but even then like for instance dark man dark man was was not burton that's sam raimi yet when you listen to dark man's soundtrack dude you hear elfman there like uh, there's even a lot of movies like when he didn't you know you hear freaking elfman uh in that I, and that's why like spider-man exactly i think beetlejuice has to be one of one of my top favorites and even making what's his name um I can't even think of his name right now. The the guy, uh, the the Calypso guy, the the actual singer guy. Uh, what's his name? Dang it! Soundtrack. Uh, oh, Harry Belafonte. There you go, Harry Belafonte. He's the guy who sings the actual, you know, the banana boat song and jump in the line song, like those ones. Uh, like you know, in the Deo and the jump in the line rock. But like he, you know, he's the actual original uh, singer. But making like he. he Again, like, a resurgence in his music happened after this movie. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, like, it's a great soundtrack. The, mu the mu music is good. You know, we got an early taste of Jack Skellington in this movie. Just a quick scene. If you watch it again, when he first starts rising out of the model, and you see on top of the carousel, you see... Because, uh, I mean, Burton designed With all of that. Too. Huh? Yeah, it has With Batman. Wings. Yeah, so it was like a Batman see. and Nightmare Before Christmas. Exactly. So and, and that that was all Elfman. He drew that, and he I mean Elfman. That was all Burton, and you know he, he came up with the idea for Jack Skellington, the, the 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 concept design. So right there was an early rendition of Jack Skellington. You know, uh, yeah, it's like 
it's just it's it's a great freaking it's a great soundtrack great movie great choice uh max for us to uh end our halloween run of just two episodes of halloween <laughs> but all in all it was awesome uh yeah dude yeah i'm just going through and just seeing oh last thing ladies and gentlemen like max said video game was terrible another thing that was beetlejuice that was horrible just pure pure garbage was the universal studios uh the freaking Beetlejuice Rock and Roll Graveyard <laughs> Review. Have you seen that, Max? Uh, I think I saw like a video of it on uh, YouTube. Is it in Universal? Oh yeah, Universal Studios. I remember Florida, seeing that. I was there. I was there and I saw the show. Oh. I didn't see the show, but I saw I the. I did. I saw think the. That, from what I remember, I think I has, I think I have it on videotape oh. when I went. Oh. Uh, <laughs> from what I remember, it was very entertaining it was very like broadway-esque <laughs> it was just like because you have to i don't know they stopped that actually a good maybe like eight years ago they stopped that show it was it was they had it on for a while it was terrible like all right <laughs> in the hollywood it ran from 92 to 95 in florida it ran from 92 to 2002 uh, there was different versions, but it was all—it was a musical. It was all stupid songs. That's why like, I said it was Broadway esque. Yeah, it it was just terrible. Like I remember, it was one year because Carlos was like a, a a baby. We went to go see it, and I remember we we have a VHS around there somewhere, and it's just it's horrible. It's all like dumb, like cheap, like songs like that they mix with like like you know like a lot of I don't know like horrible songs that just. Um, like you make me feel like a natural woman that Frank Bride of Frankenstein sings. Like, come on, you know, like Great Balls don't of Fire. The, don't hate on Broadway. <laughs> but with Beetle, it was terrible because see the way the show start. This all, right, I, I, all I remember is the show starts off where like like Beetlejuice like hey I'm Beetlejuice hi you know and then he he all he he does something that releases all the monsters and they're all scary looking like you see the wolfman frankenstein brain they're all coming out like to the audience like this and that and they look scary you're like dude this is awesome like where's this show gonna go then he grabs like a switch pulls the switch and sucks them all into this weird contraption and they all like go back like oh you know and they, they get sucked in and then when they come out Wolfman looks all like wrapped version of Run DMC. Like all, they're all like, "What happened?" And then they all start singing. Like you're like, "What? What is this?" It was just, it was horrible. It's kind of like that Spider-Man Rocks show where it was actually Spider-Man Pops because it was a bunch of pop music. It, it's just, it's just terrible. Don't, don't. Uh, if you, if you could watch it on YouTube, watch it. <laughs> you're gonna say, "Don't go see it." <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say, "I'm like, don't go see it," but I realized. Wait. Keep talking. I think I have something upstairs, and I have to show you this. Um, I'll be right back. Okay. You, just keep talking. Okay, cool. I think I might have it. So, yeah, well, all right. I mean, the, the concept is cool, having all the universal monsters with uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it is. It, it, honestly, it is. It's like, I. that's what I'm saying. Like, the idea was cool. Like, um, behind the... It's like let's see. It was it was a live stage show based on the film of the same name and Universal's classic monsters. And it, oh, I should have. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures right now. Yeah, see the original version. The show opens once everybody's seated. Beetlejuice opens up his coffin in the stage to tell the guests that he is wrapped up. So he wants the guests to say his name three times. 
The lid, clo the, he closes the lid and then fireworks burst to the top. Beetlejuice emerges from it. He goes on to mingle with the guests and tell them what's in store for them. Beetlejuice, here he's referred to as BJ, looks at the park guests to join the show and the Universal Monsters. Phantom of the Opera, Dracula, Frankenstein's Monster, Wolfman, Bride of Frankenstein. Then appear out of doors and corridors from the stage and Beetlejuice directs his guests to say his name three times and the Universal Monsters are transformed into rock stars. The short concludes through various, uh, uh, continues through various other songs and dances with each monster singing their own song. At the end of the show, BJ and his part guests cheer for all the monsters, especially for himself. Lame. <laughs> okay, so I had an album and my dad was bringing up all these photo albums. And it was my Disney album. Sorry, I came back and I was trying to look for it. And here he put everything back up in storage. And the time that we went to Universal, it had all the pictures. And I was going to show you guys the picture of the actual show and like me, like on my dad's shoulders and stuff. And like during when the show happened, because I, I still have all the pictures, but he brought it all upstairs. So I was like, oh, damn. Lame. So I ran up, I did a workout session for nothing. Ran up the steps. <laughs> it's okay. No worries. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we're there. You have it. That was our take on Betojos. Uh, any final thoughts on, on anything on Betojos, real quick, if you have? You said it twice. Don't say it one more time, dude. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> just uh, You know what? You just got to point out how awesome uh, the show Community is. In a span of, like, I think over three seasons or so, just randomly someone would say Betojos in the episode, like in the first season. Later on, another season... Someone said Beetlejuice just randomly, and then the third time when someone said it in the in the background, someone dressed as Beetlejuice walked by. It's just That's like cool. so throwaway, and then they just went on that. So I, I just thought it was awesome. Um, Renata, any final thoughts on Beetle Guys? Uh, if you go on Twitter and you type in Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice three times, a person from the Beetlejuice Twitter will respond back and say something. Really? Yeah. If you and you, if you do it right now. Literally in like two minutes, Beetlejuice will respond back and be like, "I'm here, hey babe," or like <laughs> just like something yeah. weird, it, or it's showtime. Like you know, like you just do that. Like Beetlejuice has his own Twitter account. If you say his name three times, he'll respond back. Does it have to be hashtag Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice? No, that go just look up Beetlejuice on Twitter, and um, it will it will say, um, and you just you just write it like three times in a row and send it to him. He gotcha. will respond, or, or no, just write Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice on a comment or hashtag it, and he'll respond back. Like, I think I still have the the Twitter thing that I did, and I was cracking up over it. Oh, my God. Oh, I hope I saw it. It was on my Instagram, and I, like, I screenshot it and everything. It was so funny. Right on. Yeah, well, then, find. there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Look it up. Well, do, use our, do it with our... Um... With our Twitter today, Renata. Do it right now. As we're, as okay, we're talking. okay. I'm finding it now. Yeah, do it right now. All right, so here we go. We're going to end the show. We gave you an extra long episode since we kind of skipped a few episodes throughout October. I'll try to get this out as soon as possible, possible, ladies and gentlemen. But we did an awesome, uh, once again, thanks uh, to our, our good buddy Max. And like I said, we'll be hearing a lot more of Max. And um, we're going to, for those of you who want to hear more about 80s video games, we're going to be talking a lot about that. Uh, you know, because Max, this guy, he that's he said that's what he collects. So we'll be talking more '80s uh, games. And whenever Renata's around, she'll be able to record. But like I said, at yeah. some point, she's gonna die. So you know, 
It's showtime. Oh, man. <laughs> dude, that's so awesome. No, do, do it with ours, nerd. I know, but I wanted to show you guys really quick. That's uh, all. You're really quick. All right. Here goes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Before we go, uh, I figure, what what could I do? Uh, like, song-wise, I'm like, I don't really have a long song. I know you would think, like, oh, just use all the Beetlejuice song, but I still want to give, like, an 80s song. So I thought, what if I choose the band, since it kind of relates to the whole, you know, we're talking about ghosts and death and everything. So I'm going to choose the band Dead or Alive. You know, Dead or Alive, you most obviously oh, would yeah. know them for the song, you know, You Spin Me. But I'm not going to give you You Spin Me. I'm going to give oh. you another song that I love them called Brand New Lover. Uh, the song was released back in 1986. Uh, I was, uh, you know, two years prior to Beetlejuice coming out in 88. Uh, I love this song. Very danceable. It's, it's a good dance record like you you want to shake your butt to some good 80s dance music this is perfect brand new lover love this song uh sung by the androgynous you know singer from dead or alive because when you saw the video like is that guy or girl you know now obviously you know but at the time a lot of people watching this had no idea that it was a guy but you know that was the way of the 80s hell hair metal was the same way but there you have it i want to give you this song brand new lover by dead or alive that was released in 1986 awesome well there we have it you guys say your goodbyes before we go bye y'all <laughs> see you next time all right adios yeah and don't forget to follow us on twitter instagram uh uh the other stuff i can't remember oh and we're also being played on rant radio network so don't forget i gotta give you guys the time but i know they they, they we're played at a certain time, actually, if I could look it up, uh, Max, tell us a quick joke while I look it up. Uh, you're still wearing a lot of Batman. Yes. <laughs> That's, can't put me on the spot, man. I don't know a good joke. All right, then say something that tease something. All right, I got a joke. Episode. I got a joke. All right. What does a PS2 and Michael Jackson have in common? Uh, they're both dead formats. I don't know. They're both made out of plastic, and little boys turn them on. <laughs> okay, here we go. 88, our, our show is played on Rant Radio Network Tuesdays at 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. There you have it. So Tuesdays from, oh, that's when we were, we're going to record. All right, oh. well, it was great, but sadly, you know, we all, you know, Max and Renata, we, we're just leaving, you know, the, the sand world, and we're hopping in DeLorean, but yet we chewed up by a sandworm, and then traveling back to the future.
This has been a Brothers Bear Network production.